Hello and welcome to the Women Advancing Live podcast. Here you can listen to the unique stories of the women who make live events a reality. These conversations feature talented professionals such as concert photographers, talent bookers, tour managers, and more. I'm your host, Lisa, a live events freelancer and aspiring tour professional. I hope to break down barriers for other women looking to work in the world of live music. In this week's episode of Women Advancing Live, I talk with tour coordinator Kelly Reddle. Kelly has worked in the industry for over five years and has had the opportunity to wear many hats throughout her career thus far, most notably as a tour coordinator for the K-pop production company Studio PAB. She has hands-on experience from production to operations and has been a vital asset to executing more than 60 concerts and seven tours. You can follow her over on Instagram at K-K-E-L-L-Y-Y period followed by three underscores where she gives tips and shares her experience working in music. Tune in to learn more about her journey as a woman in live events. Welcome to an episode of Women Advancing Live. Today, I'm joined by Kelly. Kelly, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be a part of my very first podcast ever. I'm excited to be your first podcast ever. That's an honor. (laughs) So before we get to the actual interview questions, I have some quick icebreaker questions to set the tone. Whatever comes to your head, you can just answer. What is your favorite concert that you either have attended or worked? Oh, that's a hard one. Actually, the favorite concert I've ever attended was probably Impact because they very, not very popular, but their set list was very good, very entertaining and a lot of songs from like today. Not like old songs that no one's heard of, like songs from today. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's new. No one ever does that. Favorite concert to work, though, I'd say Dreamcatcher, because the fans were very... Oh, no, I take that back. Favorite concert to work was VV, the very first tour I ever went on, because all the fans were really nice to me and chanted my name in Los Angeles. That was the best. Yeah, I worked VAV's last tour, and their fans are just amazing. Yeah, they're so nice. I love I love meeting fans. Awesome. Next question is... What is the last song you listened to? Uh, I've been listening to a lot of country music, honestly, because it's summertime and I feel like country music reminds me of summer. The last K-pop song that we've been listening to a lot, I keep hearing Twice's new song, Alcohol Free, that one. Did not like it at first at all. But after you hear it, it just really grew on me. And now I just watch it all the time. I feel you. I listened to that song recently and it's just one of those songs you can't get out of your head. Yeah, right? That's like Itzy songs. I think Itzy's, whenever I hear them, I'm like, I don't like it. And then I hear it eight more times and I'm like, Mafia in the morning. Like, oh no. (laughs) It's great. Awesome. Last question is, what is an item you have to have on you for work? My cell phone. I do everything on my cell phone. You would think as a tour manager, you would say like, oh, walkie talkie. But no, I say cell phone because that's so much more important to me. And I don't like walkie talkies that much. Oh, but you're... Walkies, iconic, the cheetah print one. I know. I tried to make it special with that because everyone just put their name on it. And I'm like, that's ugly. I brought my own tape from home and I was like, I'm going to put it on. And now it's my walkie talk because you usually switch it when we set it up. You just grab a random one and give it. And I'm like, no, this is going to be my special walkie talkie. And no one can make a mistake now because it's cheetah tape. So let's get started. Very first question I want to ask because I feel like it's something most people who are interested about this industry wonders how you got your start working for live events. For me, I think how I got here was probably a combination of networking and experience. 
Because I know I see a lot of people that say networking is really important, which I totally agree with. But for me, I don't think um, I would have gotten here if I didn't have the experience that I had. So I, I majored in sport management, which had nothing to do with live events, actually. But um, since it's such a big major, and obviously majors don't really constrict you in any way, I like got my I got a job working for the New York Jets. So I worked all of their home games. And then while I worked their home games, I was allowed to like go on the field and everything. And that looked really good on my resume, like having New York Jets. So that was like my biggest pull. And then I first time I applied for interning at Sub K. Personally, I think because it said New York Jets, it had bigger pull. And so then once I got that, I befriended a girl who worked there, who ironically was friends with somebody I knew. So that's where the networking came in, because I wouldn't have been friends with her if I didn't know that other girl. And because I knew her, I was like, oh, you know, AB, like I know her too. And then we became friends. And then since I was friends, I got picked for a majority of the volunteering. And then during that volunteering, I met people at the job I work at now. And because of that, then they're like, oh, Kelly, we saw you do ABC, like backstage at the God 7 concert. And I was like, yeah, haha, that's so, that was me. I was working there. And they're like, great. So you have a lot of experience. Do you want to come on tour with us? And I was like, oh my God, yes. So I think it started with experience and then built it as I kept reaching out and doing things. I got the networking connections that got me to the job I have now. Love that. Yeah, I feel like people always emphasize networking, which I agree with, but experience goes a long way too, because it actually shows that you've put in the work already. Exactly. Like for you, when we pick volunteers or ambassadors, that's a perfect way to start because that's exactly how everyone starts is just volunteering. But then those those two or three people who are like, yeah, this I've done ABC anywhere else, even if it's not K-pop related, if it's just like something live event, that immediately would catch like my eye, like, oh, she's done this. I want to pick her because she's know what she's doing. It doesn't filter out the people who haven't done anything, but it definitely makes you stand out from a crowd, especially if there's like 25 people applying for the same position. Exactly. It definitely helps you stand out in a sea of applicants. So one thing I'm very curious to know, you as someone whose background is unrelated to your current career, how was it going on tour? What surprised you the most going on the road? Mm, That's a good question. Part of me wants to say the amount of work, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this in the context of like with the job I have now. So because I go on tour so often, my first tour, I didn't have that many responsibilities because my very first time. So I just kind of went with the flow, but I didn't really realize how planned everything has to be as silly as that sounds. Because of course it's a tour, you have to plan it. But I would always think, oh, you know, someone else takes care of that. But because we're such a small team that we were working with, it's like, no, like everyone has a really important responsibility. And if you don't do it, like it just doesn't get done. Because sometimes you think, oh, I don't know who does it, but like somebody does it. Like, for example, like transportation, you have to like, you can't just wait for transportation to get to you or expect them to be on time. Like you have to constantly be calling them like, hey, we landed at the airport. We'll be there in five minutes. Hey, we're outside. Are you outside? Where are you? Hey, are you here yet? We're ready to leave at like, whatever time but that surprised me and the amount of I would say work with fanning engagements and fans because in the beginning before I actually worked where I was there wasn't any structure so it was really shocking that everything was kind of up in the air like go with the flow when I'm a very planned person so when someone came in they're like oh where do we set the fan sign up you know and they're like oh 
let's just look. And I'm like, you don't, you don't know where you want to have a fan sign around? Like, what do you mean? Like, you don't know how this runs. And then when fans would come and be really confused about a lot of things, that surprised me as well. Because again, for me, I'm like, shouldn't everyone know all of the benefits, everything that's going on before a show starts? Like, how come no, no one really knows anything? But that's, again, that's something that when you, when I went in there, I just assumed that that's something during touring that that's all taken care of. And you don't realize that something as little as instructions or making sure you pack something right is so vital until that moment comes and you're just like, oh my God, like this has to get done. So I would say that's the most surprising thing is probably the amount of planning of the little details that everyone has to know, especially together as a team, not just one person, like everyone should know because it's only four people on tour usually. Yeah, especially with working like a small team, like you said, everyone's role is so vital, even if it's like a small thing. And I like the part where you brought up venue stuff, just kind of wing stuff sometimes showing up to venues and like the stuff is just like, yeah, I don't know. We can do this. See how this works. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, this is, huh, that's why we always go to like the same venues usually. Cause then it's always like, you know what we're doing and you get it and blah, blah, blah. But when it's a new venue, you're like, oh my God, okay. I gotta, I gotta do ABC. It's a whole new thing. I gotta figure it out, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, it's another thing you just got to add to the list of what you have to make sure you do. What do you do in situations where you have to think on your feet and get something done that you didn't anticipate would come up? Usually, I feel like I kind of, when if that happens to me, I'm trying to think of something that happened like that. It usually hasn't happened to me yet at a concert, like where some emergency has happened. Um, I think the biggest thing would be like, oh, you know, someone has passed out or item was stolen or a fan lost a ticket or just something like crazy because nothing nothing out of this world has happened for me yet that I'm like God, like what's going on but um usually since we're such a small team it depends I'll usually ask somebody for help if I need to like if I'm not the tour manager for that tour then obviously I go to whoever it is but for me it's just kind of like okay how do I solve this problem as fast as possible doing whatever makes the person happiest. So if there's a fan who has a ticketing problem or something like that, then usually it's just easy to just solve it by trying to meet in the middle somehow. Like I remember probably the most biggest problem we had was at a dream catcher in LA. I'm not sure if you were there. No. Okay. Dream catcher in LA. We had like some girl who I think it was with queuing, with queue numbers. She got really upset about her number in line and purchasing. And that's a problem that I couldn't directly handle. But it's one of those situations where I didn't really want to be like, oh, sorry, sorry, Susie. Like, that's not happening for you. Like, brush her off because that's rude. And even though she's really upset and it was a mistake, we met in the middle. And we're just like, okay, like, I understand. We'll give you queue number 15 or just something like that. But usually solving problems is pretty easy to do. It's just, I wouldn't recommend doing it by yourself. I always ask somebody for help. Like, do you think this is okay? Do you think this is okay? Because you never know how somebody could react to it. But usually nothing has been major where you're like, oh my God, this is a real problem. So usually it's all pretty easy to do. Just got to think, think about, put yourself in the situation. That's better to say. If I was the fan, what would I want? But again, as the company, you can't just be like, okay, you're right. You're number one, free tickets, you know? I love that because- you're right. You can't just like give everyone what they want because there are like set rules and stuff in place, but just like trying to make a compromise is solve the problem. Thank God we haven't had that many of those. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. So when you were starting out, when you finished one gig, how did you get your next gig? So luckily everything I've kind of had is like not a program. I feel like you know what I'm talking about because you do the same thing that I did, but 
So for the Jets, that was that repeated because it was just my job. Um, and if you do a good job, I, I could do it two years in a row because I was already someone. So I'd be a returner, like a veteran. So that was like easier to get. Working with Sub K was just, I think I was a returner because I befriended the staff and I was really friendly with them. And because of that, they're like, oh, Kelly Picker. Oh, Kelly. Yeah, Picker. She's really good. She knows what she's doing. So, but I also signed up for a lot of stuff. So anytime they went to New Jersey, I was New Jersey. I went to Boston. I went to Philadelphia. I went to Washington, D.C. Like I would go anywhere and I made it really obvious. Like I will help you anywhere on the East Coast anytime I can. I love that. I love doing this. Like I want to be, I want to have this job. And I not like in an obvious, like shove it in your face type of way, you know, because then because they're working. So you don't want to be like kind of obnoxious about it. But if you just kind of like maybe subtly like, hey, um, do you need help today? Like, I'm here if you need it. Then it's just kind of like a reminder, like she's willing to go above and beyond to help somebody and the company. And then with same with the other concert promotion company, you just volunteer once and then you see the same face all the time and you pick those people. And then I would add into that same with how we pick volunteers and ambassadors. Like we have all those people, whenever we have signups, if they've worked for us, I pick them over and over again because I don't have to teach somebody new. Of course, we pick new people, but I'll pick the same crew. So I think consistency is really key. So being a face that people recognize, just working hard to just show not only like your eagerness, but also that you want to do this. Yeah, it's almost like that's where the networking comes in. Because I was, I think, the third employee at my company. The first employee found the second employee because they both volunteered together and they talked and they became friends. And they were like, oh, you like K-pop? I like K-pop. You want to do this? Come help me with the show. That's where the networking comes in. Because then I remember I got gigs like in Philadelphia and DC. I didn't even apply for them, but my friend did. And they were like, oh, we need more help. And they're like, oh, I know someone she can help. Like, And they're like, absolutely. So that's again, I wouldn't have gotten that if my friend wasn't there. And she wasn't like, I know Kelly who would love that. So I guess that's where the networking really steps up there. Yeah. And for me personally, I don't know if this is an observation that might be true, but I feel like the music industry is already small as it is, but I feel like the K-pop is such like a small niche that you keep running into the same people. Mm -hmm. All the time. All the time. It's crazy. I used to not think that until like um, when you go on tour, you see the same people at a lot of the stops. And then I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know, like, Olivia, how are you today? Like, I'm, and then I, I just saw her like four months ago and those people just come to the same shows, even if they're not a fan of the whatever group is there because K-pop is just so like such a big fandom thing and just fun. You just go regardless and you just see the same people all the time. Even when you're working, I feel like, yeah, it's small. I completely agree hundred percent. Great observation, Lisa, I agree. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Just working shows in like the Bay Area. I recognize all like the regulars. <laughs> that makes sense. That's so funny. So going back, you started off from working in sports. Did you know you wanted to work in live events for music or did that just kind of happened? So I majored in sports because I was an athlete. And so the segue for me was, oh, I love playing sports. So let's just work in it. And then once I went to college and I stopped being an athlete, I realized sports was not for me anymore because I don't watch it. I don't watch football. I don't watch soccer. I don't really watch any of that. And so then after I got my job for the Jets, that's kind of like when it hit me because, yeah, it was so much fun, but I really don't care about football. And so then when I saw, um, I forget the very first time or like what hit me or how I even found K-pop and working, but somebody told me like, yeah, they do volunteer opportunities. And then I was like, 
like they do they do volunteer opportunities like that's great and so once I saw like sub K's very first volunteer for me was like day six no card I applied for one for card and I didn't get it and I was kind of like damn like that's upsetting so then I emailed like the email that you know that you uh submit whatever for however else you find email I forget and then I emailed like hey I would love to work for you unfortunately you know didn't get it but love to know what I can do to improve myself to stand out and then I actually got a reply and because I got a reply back from that I guess because people don't really do that then they're like oh who's this girl and then once I started to work the first live show I was like this is what I like more especially because I just got into k-pop at that time and so I was like, oh my God, like, I love this music. It's new to me. Working in music is new to me. And so I like working much more than being a fan. Cause whenever I would go to a concert, I'm the person who like sits in the back and is just like, this is really good. I'm not like the light stick, crazy dancer one. So I'm like, I can do the same thing while working and learn. And that's just fits my personality more instead of being like the girl in the crowd, just cause that's not me. I'm not, a, I'm not energetic enough for that. I, I feel you on that. <laughs> so I started out with volunteering too. And I feel like it's kind of like, not controversial, but the thing is like, you're working for free. You should be getting paid to work. But I think personally, it's like, you're, yeah, you're working for free, but you're being paid with the experience and also like networking opportunities. So I, I, I always vouch volunteering. I, I feel like that's, um, a lot of people started that I know, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree hundred percent. I've never, personally, I've never viewed volunteering as like a thing that I should be paid for. Also, cause it's called volunteering. So when you sign up for it, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And uh, 100%, if you don't do it for free, like that's the only time you can get to get that experience. Like Live Nation doesn't have, hey, want to volunteer for this concert? Like you just can't do that. So I think it's amazing that there's even a chance that companies even let you volunteer to actually work so closely with their crew or in the K-pop world, at least to even get that hands-on experience. Cause even though it is K-pop, it's still a concert and uh, anything you do in a K- in a K-pop concert translates to a pop concert, anything at all. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think not getting paid is a problem. I would much rather get the experience of working a show and saying, yeah, I did this and now I know how to do this rather than, yeah, I earned I don't know, $80 that day. Yeah. Same. So for you, you, when you went on your first tour, you said that you didn't have that many responsibilities. Was it that you just started off doing like a few things? Were you giving more responsibilities as you went along? Like, oh, she can do this so we can give her more responsibility. So my first tour was in January, like 2019. And at that point, they already knew me prior to picking me as the photographer. And they knew that I did um, bigger shows than what they were presently doing. So they brought me on at first just as a photographer and then helping out the tour manager. So my main job was taking the pictures for the concerts and the group photos. But then if the tour manager was like, oh, Kelly, can you help me set up the stage? Then I'd help her set up the stage after she would show me. Or can you help bring the coffee to the artist? Then I would do that. So they would tell me to do things. But at that time, I didn't do anything as myself without being told to do it because I had to be taught and you know it was my first time so there's limitations I can't just go strolling around anywhere so as the first tour went on I would do it and they'd be like okay Kelly you know how to do ABC just do it so come the fourth or fifth show then I had the trust and I had a job and I knew what to do and then as time went on I guess 
after the first tour, then those, my responsibilities were the same, but then the second tour you go on, you actually get more responsibility. Like instead of just worrying about setting up the show, then I had to worry about volunteers and making sure the volunteers knew what they do. That's the good example. Cause that wasn't me, my first tour. I just watched how they handled volunteers. But then the second tour, it was my job to be in charge of the volunteers. So then each time I went on tour, you got more and more and more. Awesome. So basically any job you were like asked to do, you just did it and you learned and you got more responsibilities. Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel so many people tell me if someone asks you to do something, you, you do not say no, just like do it. Cause I feel like it leaves a bad impression if you say, oh, that's not my job. Yeah. I think I've never done that. I would be way too scared to be like, no, but whenever, like when I would ask a volunteer something to do like, oh, Hey, can you do ABC for me? There has been times when someone has said that to me, they're just like, um, I can't do that right now because I'm doing blah, 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 blah. And I just kind of think to myself, so now I'm just not going to ask you really to do anything then in the future, especially because I don't think someone asks you to do something if you don't know how to do it you know like oh can you go outside and check that wristbands are handed out and if someone's like yeah but um I was actually told I need to stand here and blah 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 then I'm like but that's fine because I'm giving you a new responsibility to do for a reason like it's okay you're not gonna get in trouble for doing something else but I don't think anyone should you know ever really say no in a time where you want to learn something because that's the best time and if you want to learn something and you're willing to do it to go above and beyond then that's how you leave a good impression and that's how you come back for a second volunteer time and third and fourth. Yeah, true. I, I feel like I'm the same as you. I'm too scared to like say no to anyone. I'm just like, yeah, I'll do it. Even if I don't know how to do it, I'm just like, can you show me first though? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Someone said that to me. I'm like, yeah, sure I can do it. I'm not sure how, but I will do it for you. And then they'll just be like, oh, ABC. Or I'll be like, hey, how do you do this? And then someone will just help you. So I'm just like, it's okay. I did it. That happens to me all the time. Oh my gosh. That's insane. Because even when I work like a God 7 show, they're like, Kelly, you need to do ABC. And I was like, you got it. No problem. And then I went and I found another production assistant. And I was like, oh my God, she just asked me to do this. And I have no idea what she's talking about. And then they're like, don't worry, we'll do it together. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Because I would just be so embarrassed to be like, um, I actually don't know what you're talking about. So it's like teamwork, you know, just ask for help. Someone will know what to do. Yeah, just like kind of fake it till you make it, basically. Exactly, exactly. No one ever needs to know. Yeah, no one needs to know. That's awesome. I love that. For you being on the road constantly, just like, I feel like you guys have such like a tight schedule too, because you fly in the, the day before, or sometimes even the day of, and then you like leave the next day. How do you balance the grueling schedule so you don't lose your mind, basically? Hmm. Luckily for me, I find it so fun that it's not something that I dread. So I think the hardest part for anything is waking up early or something like that. Or since our shows usually end really late, like we'll get home at two or 3 a.m. And then if a flight's at six, then you're like, I'm just not even gonna sleep. What's the point? So it's really hard when you have days like that because you're so tired. But I think the adrenaline that I get from like working shows and the coffee, makes up for that and overrides any feeling of tiredness or just kind of like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. But you get used to it too. Like the first time, your first tour, if you're traveling like that, you're like, wow. Cause then, you know, jet lag sometimes, sometimes like when you go from like New York to LA or something, time difference. So that gets you a little bit, but luckily you're doing it together with a team. 
So especially having everyone around you and just being like, oh my God, like I'm so tired today. And they're like, yeah, me too. Let's get coffee. Just the camaraderie of being surrounded by people who are doing the same exact thing as you, but you're all doing something that you really love. It just kind of overtakes the any type of grueling schedule that there is. Yeah, you guys are just basically like suffering together. Exactly. You know, that's how that's like when sports, if you do a hard workout and it sucks, but at least you're doing with everybody else. So everyone's (laughs) struggling together. Yeah. (laughs) So for you, what advice would you give to people who are wanting to get into this industry? Just like have no experience to get their foot in the door. Any advice I have to give to get into the industry would probably be look for any opportunity possible. I know for me lately, I've been like looking at, or I've been seeing a lot of people on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is so fun, doing a lot of networking and just doing all that tour manager 101 stuff or any type of podcast or mentorships or anything like that. I think stuff like that's actually a great idea. I've never done that, but seeing the amount of people who want to work in the music industry and who are doing that, and then from doing things like that, actually getting jobs makes me think that that's something, something really, really important. Because I think getting a job through volunteering, which is how I got it, is definitely possible, but isn't, is harder, you know, because there's very limited volunteering opportunities, especially when there's no concerts. How are you going to, how are you going to work in the music industry when there's nothing to volunteer for? So I think that using the tools you have around you to network and get to know people or find people who have jobs like you is the best. Because what I've also been doing recently on LinkedIn is connecting with people who have jobs that I want. And then I'll message them like, hey, you know, I love your, your job seems really interesting. I would love to learn more about it if you have time for a phone call. And it works sometimes, not all the time, because obviously those people have jobs and you're not going to get a response. But the ones who do take time out of their day to be like, hey, Kelly, I'd love to tell you what it's like being a tour marketing at Live Nation or something like that. And then learning that way is so great because then if that person has a job, you know, then maybe they'll think of you, but it's never something that you should go in and be like, hi, uh, hi, Lisa. Yeah, we never met. We just connected on LinkedIn. Can you help me get a job? Cause then you're like, Ooh, no red flag. But if you use it, the tools like LinkedIn or mentorship programs or podcasts or anything like that to help you learn and connect with people, I think that's the best way. Cause especially what I've learned recently is getting a job in the music industry, like with big names, like Sony, Columbia, anyone like that, it could be like you have a great resume, but someone else knows somebody else who knows somebody else. That's what's going to get you the job. Even if your resume is like stellar, fantastic. So I would say look for volunteer opportunities, look for resources and try your best to network with anyone possible in any way, shape or form. That was so detailed. I love it. And I love how you were very specific with how to network because I feel like People are always telling you, it's like, yeah, network, network, but there are like certain things you shouldn't be doing when you're networking. Like you gave that example, it's like, hey, get me a job kind of thing. Where it's just like, you got to like establish like a genuine connection first, then, you know, those opportunities will come when they come. Yeah. And that's like, I think there's a girl in New Jersey, because ironically, New Jersey for us is the New, New Jersey, New York. It's like the hardest place for us to find volunteers, I think, because San Francisco, LA, everywhere else, we have a consistent set, but New York, New Jersey, it's almost like we don't. So there's always like one or two girls who even messaged me on like LinkedIn and they've like, Hey, Kelly would love to learn more, blah, blah, blah. Any internship opportunities, blah, blah, blah. And at the time we didn't have any internships, but because they messaged me and then we had internships open, I was like, Oh, 
hey, blah, 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 blah. We have internships. Like they were the first people I thought of. It'd be just because they messaged me and was like, hey, I'm interested. And I, I feel like asking for an internship is different than asking for a job. So especially because we've had several internships. So it's something that regularly opens. But at least having your name out there, like I always think like, oh, I know Lisa in San Francisco or I know ABC in Chicago, like anything like that. Then they're always like the first person to know. Definitely just putting yourself out there. Like you said, some people might not respond, but there's always going to be hopefully that one person who does. That's all you need. Just one person. (laughs) I love that. Okay, well, we're going to have to wrap up really soon. But it's like overall, how has your experience been as a woman in the live events industry? I feel like I'm so inexperienced in that context. I think that from what I've seen since ironically, a lot of the people that we work with are women, but our boss prefers men. So that's something that's noted because, but I think that's a culture thing in Korea. Like guys like talking to guys because you know, you can be a lot more stricter and a little bit more mean, but with women, you can't really do that because we are girls. You have to be nicer to us. Like I'll cry if you're mean to me. And so, um, I've noticed that in that context, men are preferred, but I think when it comes to working, it really just matters who gets the job done. So like, I've never had a problem with anything because I carry myself with a lot of confidence because I know what I'm doing. Like I've been on seven tours, so I know exactly what to do. So I've never had that problem, but I I think in, I'm not sure how it's like in bigger companies though. I could see that being a thing because I feel like that's everywhere. But for me, I haven't experienced it yet. I have seen within here, you know, like, my boss will pick a guy over me in certain things, especially when it comes to like office managers, he'll prefer to look for a guy over a woman because he thinks that they're going to get the job done. Okay. And I love that you bring up that majority of people who work are females. Cause I feel like in K-pop, that's kind of the thing. A majority of staff is female as opposed to like male. Yeah. Women are nicer. Women understand it more. Like, that's the one thing I've seen. It's like, whenever you're, whenever I've seen a guy, they're like, oh, we'll do ABC. And I'm just like, you can't do that. Like that you have to think about how the other person feels. So like, that's like, whenever, like I see a situation with a fan, I always try and solve it for them because I'm just like, if this was me, what would I want? But then if I see the other person, they're just like, I don't care. Like you did it wrong. Like the situation's over. And I'm like, wrong, wrong. Don't do that. So that's why I feel like women are better in that situation because they're more sympathetic. I actually, I thought of a situation that happened when I worked at the A6 concert and one of the fans, she's having a nervous breakdown because she was there alone and she was crying and hysterical. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to calm her down. And one of the venue workers, he was being so rude to her. He's like, you got to get out of the line if you're going to be causing a scene. And I'm like, it's not that deep. Just let her cry. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I loved having you today, Kelly. I was so excited to interview you because I have personal work history with you. So thank you so much again for taking the time to be here today and for all the advice you shared with us. Of course. Thank you for having me on. I hope it wasn't too all over the place for everybody. I'm kind of crazy. Oh, no, definitely not. (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. (laughs) And I love helping people. I love it. Well, thank you so much. And for now, this will be goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Women Advancing Live. If you enjoyed the conversation, make sure to give a follow here on Spotify. 
You can also follow us over on Instagram at Women Advancing Live to stay updated with all news and content. Also, definitely make sure to follow Kelly over on Instagram at K-K-E-L-L-Y-Y period followed by three underscores. That's it for today. Until next time.